collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style from a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms to the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Hello, my friends. How are you tonight? Tonight, we're going to be picking up in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Philippians chapter 2 is one of my favorite chapters. Paul lays out there in the beginning of chapter 2 a Christology. If you want to get a picture of what Jesus the Messiah accomplished, that in-depth study of chapter 2 would be great. He was God. He is God. He never would stop being God. But he humbled himself, taking on the position of a faithful, obedient human being. That was the task of the Messiah. Well, let's move back from that, though. We'll come back to it in just a moment. I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. Right now we go to the book of the Proverbs, picking up in chapter 24 on these nuggets of wisdom on the Bible life. Proverbs 24, 1 through 18. Don't envy evil people. Don't desire their company. For they spend their days plotting violence, and their words are always stirring up trouble. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. A wise man is mightier than a strong man, and a man of knowledge is more powerful than a strong man. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many counselors. Wisdom is too much for a fool. When the leaders gather, the fool has nothing to say. A person who plans evil will get a reputation as a troublemaker. The schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone despises a mocker. If you fail under pressure, your strength is not very great. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Don't stand back and let them die. Don't try to avoid responsibility by saying you didn't know about it. For God knows all hearts, and He sees you. He keeps watch over your soul, and He knows you knew. And He will judge all people according to what they have done. 
My child, eat honey, for it is good, and the honeycomb is sweet to the taste. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future, and your hopes will not be cut short. Do not lie in wait like an outlaw at the home of the godly, and don't raid the house where the godly live. They may trip seven times, but each time they will rise again. But one calamity is enough to lay the wicked low. Do not rejoice when your enemies fall into trouble. Don't be happy when they stumble, for the Lord will be displeased with you and will turn his anger away from them. End of reading, Proverbs 24, 1 through 18. listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And that's what we're going to do now as we come back to our reading now from the book of Philippians and we'll go right on into Paul's letter to the Colossians. In the book of the Colossians, Paul answers and argues against a Colossian heresy that was threatening the infant church. It was kind of a mixed bag heresy. It contained elements from several different philosophies and religious heresies uh, that had already exist, some of which even contradict each other. The idea is that the spirit is good, matter is evil, the physical body is evil in and of itself, and whatever is spirit is good. One must follow ceremonies, rituals, and restrictions in order to be saved or to be perfected or to be rightly related to the deity, to God. You have to deny the body and live in strict asceticism. These are a lot of religious practices that are found today, particularly in Eastern religions. Angels, other spiritual beings must be worshipped at some level. Christ, the Messiah, could not be both human and divine. And the biggest error, heresy of the Colossians was that you had to have some kind of secret knowledge to be saved or perfected. And of course, this secret knowledge is not available to everyone. Only those who were the enlightened ones had this power. They could hold this power over normal people for riches, for power, for influence. People trying to use religiosity as a way to take advantage of other people. And that same thing happens today, of course, in the world in which we live. We're going to pick up in Philippians, though, now, just after Paul's beautiful statement about Jesus in his humility and his brokenness as he becomes a servant, humbling himself into death, even the death on the cross, and now how that we should follow his example. Philippians 2.12 through Colossians 2.7. Philippians 2. Dearest friends, You were always so careful to follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, you must be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him and the power to do what pleases Him. In everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing so that no one can speak a word of blame against you. You are to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. Let your lives shine brightly before them. Hold tightly to the word of life so that when Christ returns, 
I will be proud that I did not lose the race and that my work was not useless. But even if my life is to be poured out like a drink offering to complete the sacrifice of your faithful service, that is, if I am to die for you, I will rejoice. And I want to share my joy with all of you. And you should be happy about this and rejoice with me. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon. Then when he comes back, he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has helped me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, a faithful worker, and a courageous soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. Now I am sending him home again. For he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he surely was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and also on me, so that I would not have such unbearable sorrow. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and that will lighten all my cares. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy, and be sure to honor people like him. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while trying to do for me the things you couldn't do because you were far away. This is the Bible Lie with Soapy Dollar. Philippians 3 Whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you joy. I never get tired of telling you this. I am doing this for your own good. Watch out for those dogs, those wicked men and their evil deeds, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship God in the Spirit are the only ones who are truly circumcised. We put no confidence in human effort. Instead, we boast about what Christ Jesus has done for us. Yet I could have confidence in myself if anyone could. If others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. For I was circumcised when I was eight days old, having been born into a pure-blooded Jewish family that is a branch of the tribe of Benjamin. So I am a real Jew if there ever was one. What's more, I was a member of the Pharisees, who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And zealous? Yes! In fact, I harshly persecuted the church, and I obeyed the Jewish law so carefully that I was never accused of any fault. I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me, for God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. As a result, I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I can learn what it means to suffer with Him, sharing in His death so that somehow I can experience the resurrection from the dead. 
I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. I hope all of you who are mature Christians will agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must be sure to obey the truth we have learned already. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Their future is eternal destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and all they think about is this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take these weak, mortal bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same mighty power that he will use to conquer everything, everywhere. This is the Bible, lie with Soapy Dollar. Philippians 4 Dear brothers and sisters, I love you and long to see you, for you are my joy and the reward of my work. So please, stay true to the Lord, my dear friends. And now I want to plead with those two women, Euodia and Sintiche. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true teammate, to help these women. For they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. And they worked with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice! Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you. How grateful I am and how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but for a while you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily whether I have much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. But even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. 
What I want is for you to receive a well-earned reward because of your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need, more than I need. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable to God and pleases Him. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now glory be to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to all the Christians there. The brothers who are with me here send you their greetings. And all the other Christians send their greetings too, especially those who work in Caesar's palace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Book of Colossians. Colossians 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. It is written to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard that you trust in Christ Jesus and that you love all of God's people. You do this because you are looking forward to the joys of heaven, as you have been ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is changing lives everywhere, just as it changed yours that very first day you heard and understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. Epaphras, our much-loved co-worker, was the one who brought you the good news. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us in your place. He is the one who told us about the great love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what He wants to do in your lives, and we ask Him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while, you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with His glorious power so that you will have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people, who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and He has brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. God has purchased our freedom with His blood and has forgiven all our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Everything has been created through Him and for Him. He existed before everything else began, and He holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is His body. He is the first of all who will rise from the dead, so He is first in everything. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and by Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of His blood on the cross. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were His enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. 
Yet now he has brought you back as his friends. He has done this through his death on the cross in his own human body. As a result, he has brought you into the very presence of God. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand in it firmly. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed by God to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am completing what remains of Christ's sufferings for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his message in all its fullness to you Gentiles. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to his own holy people. For it has pleased God to tell his people that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. For this is the secret. Christ lives in you, and this is your assurance that you will share in his glory. So everywhere we go, we tell everyone about Christ. We warn them and teach them with all the wisdom God has given us, for we want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. I work very hard at this, as I depend on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Colossians 2 I want you to know how much I have agonized for you, and for the church at Laodicea, and for many other friends who have never known me personally. My goal is that they will be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have full confidence because they have complete understanding of God's secret plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so that no one will be able to deceive you with persuasive arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I am very happy because you are living as you should and because of your strong faith in Christ. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him, so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all He has done. End of reading Philippians 2.12 through Colossians 2.7 You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, full of love, full of gratitude. Remember, they had sent a gift to him. It's written from prison in Rome. We picked up there in chapter 2. He's just simply commending Timothy. He's commending Epaphroditus, some wonderful servant-hearted leaders there in that congregation. Paul commends them and encourages the people to support them in their leadership. Quality, godly leadership is so important in that time, and of course it is in our era, in our time as well. I hope that if you have a pastor who is an example of selfless love, of servant-hearted love for others, and that he is faithfully teaching God's Word and encouraging you to walk with the Lord and know the Lord and live for the Lord and helping to equip you 
and enable you to carry out a wonderful, fruitful ministry in your family, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Show appreciation to that godly man for following his calling. Encourage them and participate in helping to support them in that ministry that they are having in your life. I hope that you will do that. Then in chapter 3, of course, Paul gives his own personal testimony in a very personal, intimate way. This is not like in the Corinthian sense of giving it to them in order to try to win their allegiance. He has their allegiance and their confidence, and yet he is glad to share his testimony, particularly as it relates to following Christ as opposed to simple following of religiosity. Knowing Christ is a living reality surpasses the idea of just being a religious person. And Paul makes it very clear there in Philippians chapter 3 when he shares his testimony. Again, I just want to mention how many times the word joy. Over 20 times in this short four chapters, Paul mentions the theme of joy or joyfulness in the Lord. That should be a part of our lives. Whenever we are truly experiencing God in our lives, there will be joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We often, we not even have to use words when our life is such a testimony. Then he comes to the Christians in the city of Colossae, a major city there in the Asian continent. Colossians is the book of connections. The the, the problem here was false teachings. Call now syncretism, the big 25 cent word, Syncretism is combining ideas from other philosophies and religions, such as paganism or strains of Judaism and Greek thought, with Christian truth. The resulting heresy became known as Gnosticism. It takes its name from the idea that there was a special knowledge required to be right with God. In the word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, is Greek for knowledge. It denies Christ as God and Savior. We have a, something like that in our faith today. There's a whole lot of what is called spirituality and a mixing of mystic religions and so on. Paul, in this letter to the Colossians, was exposing a heresy in the church there that was similar to Gnosticism. Gnostics valued the accumulation of knowledge, but Paul pointed out that knowledge in and of itself is empty. It's not a matter of just having certain information. To be worth anything, it must lead to a transformed life, to right living. His prayer for the Colossians has two dimensions, that they might have complete knowledge of God's will and have spiritual wisdom and understanding found in Jesus, and that their lives would produce every kind of good fruit. Even as they learn to know God better and better, they would grow and their lives would honor Him. Knowledge is not merely to be accumulated. It should give us a real direction for living. And that's where we walk by faith. Even in the same way that we receive Jesus, we're supposed to continue walking in Him. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas. 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. 
Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. 